Ott van még Nikolic, Nígó felé, Nígó helyzetben, gól! Gól! Nígó kiegyenlít! Bravo, Loik, bravo, Lolikám, Lajos, szép gól volt! Sallai, azon mellett még el tudjuk hozni. Sőt, Szoboszlai kap labdát. Szoboszlai előtte, Nikolic bent középült könyves. Szoboszlai, könyves szép helyet csinált neki. Szoboszlai lő, gól! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or even good night, depending where on this planet you are listening to this latest episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast. It has been a long, long time since we have been back. Um, I think this episode we're going to talk about qualifying for Euro 2016. Actually, it's not been that long, but it has been an incredibly long time. But by popular demand, it literally is by popular demand. We have been inundated with messages to say, can we have a podcast, please? And um, when we were astounded that our parents knew how to work technology, we thought we'd better get on it and keep them happy. So here we are. But it's not just me. This evening, we have uh, Thomas Mortimer. Okay. Lovely to be back. It's great to have you here, my friend. And we have the one and only David Asboff. Hello. David. I like, I like how I like how Tom used to be a host and now he's just like a special guest. Well, how did that happen? It just rotates. So like I think if I look at my Excel spreadsheet, that it's due to fall on your feet very, very soon as well. So people um <laughs> David is a Ferenc Varos fan as well, so we we could get on to just how bad are Friday this season, but we're going to keep it kind of more on happy times because now my team, the mighty Kishpest Budapest Honved, are in the second division and are languishing comfortably in the second division alongside Tom's Haladash, who also our second division so we can't really like people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and all that but my god what a mess our teams are this season guys luckily the one thing that we do have in common is the hungarian national team and unless you've been living in a cave um you will have noticed that we qualified for our third european championships in a row that's right the mighty Magyars version 1.0 are back in the big time once again um we kind of stumbled our way there um i know on our group chat after the bulgaria game we felt a little bit flat guys is that testament tom to how far we've come or do you think we're just so pessimistic still i think it is a little bit of a testament to how far we've come because it did feel like we limped over the line in the end because it was so easy, really. Like, it wasn't a great group, let's be honest. Like Bulgaria are pretty crap these days. Lithuania aren't great. Montenegro, they've always kind of been like this mid-tier European side. And then Serbia are never great in qualifying. And obviously we were top seed. So 
it was always it always looked like from the minute the draw was made that like this is this is there for the taking we should qualify we've qualified for the past two and I guess it's kind of we're kind of a victim of our own success a little bit like last seat last summer which was actually probably the last time we even recorded a show we were talking about how we battered England uh, uh, in Wolves and we'd be in Germany or we came we ran Italy really close and all that kind of great stuff at the Nations League and then now it's kind of going back to business and we're getting to a European Championship and stuff but it was it's like it, it felt like we were a big nation like during this qualifying it's like oh yeah we're just we're just playing Lithuania we're just playing Bulgaria we should beat these guys like it feels weird as Hungarian football fans to be saying oh yeah we should be beating these guys it's way too easy but like that's kind of where Hungary are these days it's kind of mad like I mean we've all been through the dark times and we used to we used to go to the games during the dark times and they were bloody miserable. Well, fun, fun, but also miserable. Miserable in a fun way because we're masochists and we're Hungarian football fans. But now it's just like, yeah, there's an expectation level. And um, when we when we started the group so well, like winning pretty much everything, beating Serbia home and away, to kind of go to Bulgaria and get a last minute equaliser to take us to the Euros, it didn't really feel as special as previous times. Like you can't compare that that, that draw when we also we needed a draw and we needed one point from the last two games. So it didn't really feel like that major. You can't compare that to the way we beat Iceland before or the way we beat Norway after not qualifying for a tournament for thirty years. So I, I think that's why it does feel so like flat. But yeah, like I say, we're kind of a victim of our own success, really. It, yeah, definitely so. Um... David, we were the Bulgarias and the Lithuanias not so long ago. Um, it, it's funny because obviously all, all, all the friends of mine that know, um, you know, my love for the Hungarian national team kind of been passing, sort of saying, oh, saw you guys qualified and blah, blah, blah. But there was no like, wow. So you guys are now actually have the longest unbeaten international run in, in world football, I believe. Um, there was none of that kind of, it's it's almost like I know we're saying we're victims of our own success, but David, do you think we're also like still massively under the radar when it comes to um, European football? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's funny how Tom <clears throat> Tom mentioned some of the weaker teams in our group, um, none of them which we managed to beat away from home, even though Bulgaria, Lithuania, uh, Montenegro, <clears throat> not great teams, still struggled to beat any of them away from home. It's true, but then we've also said before, Tom, how um, Marco Rossi sets his team up. It's, it's, it's almost like uh, a club side. So maybe that's the kind of mentality that he's going with, like um, get, a point, get a point away from home and win your home games. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Um, the um, I think that's, that thing's always been the case with <clears throat> Rossi. One of the major criticisms, I guess, of his football is that we can't, we don't always play well against the weaker sides, like the sides that kind of defend deep and just want to frustrate us. We do struggle against, and I guess that's kind of what happened during this campaign as well, a little bit, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah. And then, I mean, we really struggled with Albania, didn't we? That was the last time we, we really ran into that problem. But then when we beat 
all those big teams like England away, I think we probably had this conversation last time, is that, yeah, we can actually big ourselves up and, and really compete in those big games. Mm, oh, absolutely. Um, so we limped, like you say, across the line. We celebrated somewhat with a little chink of a glass rather than down in the Palinka. We saved that, or Don saved that, for Sunday back in Budapest. Um, incredible game, absolutely incredible game. Um, obviously, there was nothing that, that we needed to do. Um, it, it was incredible that during that point, there was a, a Montenegro were actually qualifying. Results were kind of going um in their way uh and then all of a sudden that guy dom saw I, I can't remember he plays for some club in england or something scores two goals in two minutes and wow the whole place is is absolutely erupting um quite quite an occasion tom yeah um it was, it was so weird i i, I don't remember how long exactly it was it felt like it was like three or four minutes that Montenegro were qualifying for the Euros but it didn't really seem to like they didn't really seem to like affect them like it wasn't like you could see them like going crazy it was just a moment of like pure inspiration from Dom that like turned it in Hungary's favour really like it was like a kind of just intimated like we struggle against that the deep block and that's kind of what was just happening really Montenegro had scored their goal against run of play sat and then sat deep and thought and said to said to us like come on then they uh, just basically beat us break us down and then Dom was like okay I will by doing I score him I mean he scored some absolute bangers for Hungary hasn't he like he scored that brilliant free kick against Croatia like early days he's obviously scored that great goal against Iceland the unbelievable free kick away in Turkey during the COVID times, scored a great free kick against Bulgaria in this campaign, maybe, albeit with a slight deflection. But, I mean, this has got a rank up there as well with one of his best goals, like not making the defender inside the box, shimmying onto his right foot and just smashing it in the corner. And like you say, it didn't really mean that much, I guess, in the in the grand scheme of things because Hungary were qualifying. But it would, I think... I would have felt disappointed. I think other fans would have felt disappointed if Hungary had finished second in this group after the way that we beat in Serbia, like I say, home and away, to to end up finishing behind them would have been a little bit, not massively disappointing because, I mean, we've seen some disappointments. We fucking lost to Malta. We lost to Andorra down the years. Lost to Luxembourg. Um, so it's not quite at that level, but it would have just been a little bit disappointing not to um, to win the group. And then, yeah, Soba slide just, just showing just why he's arguably one of the best footballers in the world right now it's great it's crazy to say that from a hungarian footballer but he, he actually is isn't he? he yeah without any doubt he's getting incredible like reviews from from you know people who watch the premier league from all over the world that were kind of like okay who's this guy you know we've seen the videos of his free kicks and stuff like that um but he, he's shown up in the Premier League now and he's, you know, his stats way up there for passes and, you know, uh, Ben says always posting the the kind of stats after the game and it and it's just incredible. We're kind of like, you do genuinely run out of superlatives for this guy, such a young age, so much on his shoulders. Um, but he's, he's, I mean, with Salai re- retiring, um, David, we kind of like, shit who's going to fill that void and then okay we've got uh 
captain of, of, of Leipzig, um, who's also our goalkeeper, but then he's been out injured so that he wasn't able to step up and we needed that man to do it. And it was kind of like, okay, you know, let's give it to the, to the talisman. And it's just phenomenal what he's done with it, David, with that armband. Yeah, no, I think he's really taken it on. I mean, he he has that air of of maturity and leadership around him that he's, clearly he he's rallying the whole team. And and I'm you know as as Tom said, a lot of the results um, in this campaign are down down to him. Um, so I think it's it's amazing that finally we have like a genuinely world class player playing for our team because I, I remember years ago thinking like okay there's all these other teams around us geographically and all of them have at least one player playing for like a top italian team or a top german team or you know like a really top team so they could say at least even if like nine out of the starting 11 are terrible they've at least got one player who is really world class and we never had that right even our our best players were sort of mid-table teams um in in sort of mid quality leagues for for a lot of a lot of years and uh, as we know there were a lot of youngsters over the years that failed to live up to their promise um vladimir Komen, i'm looking at you and um, plenty of other names that, that i'm sure we could mention and uh, you know now we have one that's actually come through and i know when he was young we all said oh he's the next big thing but you know finally it's actually happened and it's, it's just incredible to see it is absolutely phenomenal i mean again you could talk for hours and hours um and instead of us three guys doing it there are plenty of um huge media outlets around the world that are, that are talking about dom on a on a weekly basis um or daily basis rather tom we talk about like david was saying we've had some we've had some talent that just hasn't um ever come to fruition um despite us hyping them and you know them them Going back to how bad we were, and we have had some really, really, really rough times in international football. And unfortunately, throughout all those rough times was um, Jujak. Now, my question is going to get people talking. Do you think Soboslai, in the short space of time, relatively short space of time, that he's been playing for the Hungarian national, te- national team, has he had more of a international career impact etc etc than Jujak did or do you think it's relative to how bad the team was back then <laughs> that is yeah that's a really good question i am um, i think he has had more of an impact already i think i think what Jujak Jujak was obviously really good and like an individual talent who um, had individual moments of brilliance, which I guess like some people used to call him selfish and greedy. I mean, he was definitely greedy in the term, in the way that his career went in terms of like chasing the money, but like on the pitch too, he he was at times, you could say he wasn't exactly a team player, but I mean, he's still doing it for the Bretza now and and leading that team, which is kind of mad really. Um, But the way that I think, Soboslai is different in, in, like you say, already at, what, 22 years old, is the way that he just puts the team on his back when they when it's needed the most. And Jujak did that a couple of times. Like, I think to the free kick he scored again in Romania, which basically that goal was so vital to the whole 
uh, Euro 2016 qualification because Hungary were in a real bad place before that game and that was Dardai's first game and that goal with about five minutes to go to get the equaliser against obviously the most fearsome rivals that imaginable mm. was the catalyst for that qualification but you actually look at the rest of that qualification you didn't even score another goal and and you think there's other moments I remember when he scored the like the last minute winner against uh Finland in Helsinki but those moments are actually really few and far between obviously like people will remember like Portugal when he scored those two I think both of them were deflected weren't they um and that great moments and that was like almost like a coming out moment for him like loads of people well especially football manager fans would have heard of him and known him for, from that game because he was such a like a, a bright talent and everyone who's kind of saw him as a youngster would have been like oh wow Jack's finally showing what he's all about but like you just see the way that Dom has made such huge impact on the national team already like Obviously, these two goals the other night, the the goal against Iceland, which literally took Hungary to qualification. And he does it like he doesn't just do it in individual moments, which I think Jujak did. He puts the team on his back and carries Hungary to qualification. And they're different levels. Like Jujak was always a really good footballer, but like Sobosai is a completely different level. And he's already, already shown it on the international stage. And what's also great is that sometimes you have like these players who are a different level I, I think of like Henrik Mkhitaryan for example um, uh, 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 from Armenia or maybe Kavashvilia um, at Georgia and like especially Mkhitaryan Mkhitaryan didn't do anything for Armenia and now he's actually retired Armenia are actually all right they've did really well in qualification beat Wales um, and Whereas like Soboslai is doing it for Hungary. And like you think of even like someone like Dardai or down the years where like he wasn't that great for the national team. But what's great about Soboslai, he's fucking amazing for the national team, as well as being just a fucking great player as well. He's like the Hungarian Bale in many ways. Yeah, no, absolutely, without without any doubt. Um Another player, another dilemma. I'm going to put this to you, David, because I think I know the answer from you because he's, you know, plays in green and white. Um, Dennis Dibus. Oh my goodness! Now, another guy who seems to have been around forever, but we still kind of feel like we're talking about as being um, a kind of new talent. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know how to explain it. It only seems like yesterday when he's like this, this young kid it was. Page wasn't it? He, he was playing for, and um, and and he just all of a sudden his his career's gone to Friday as a youngster, and he's been, I mean, not so long ago he was he was number three choice for Hungary, um, and albeit through injuries and and whatnot, he's he's become our number one. Um, what a game he had against Montenegro! Uh, I mean, to be fair. He's made lots and lots of very, very, very good saves throughout this whole um, championship qualifi- qualifying. Um, so, Big Pete, obviously, we know Big Pete's qualities. Um, we have seen Big Pete make quite a few howlers for Hungary. I don't think it's unfair to say. Still love the guy to bits. Um, both fully fit, David, at the beginning of the Euros. Um, who, who's starting in goal for you? 
I think it probably depends on purely on form at the time, right? I think both of them have shown that they could be the number one for the team and we wouldn't, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't necessarily miss the other guy so much. I think it's nice to have a position where we actually have a bit of depth, which has not really been the case in, for most positions for most of our fan fandom life, right? We're not really used to the idea that somebody gets injured in a position and we can replace them with someone pretty much equally as good. So it's nice to have that problem. Um, so yeah, it, it's. It, it, I think it'll come down to to form at the time, and I think I think what Rossi might end up doing is he might might give both of them a game in the group stage, um, and then see from there. I, I can imagine it going that way because I I don't have a problem with either of them being between the sticks, and it's just great to be able to say that we have two quality goalkeepers who we're we're both quite <laughs> pretty happy with within that position. Mm. And and I Tom, you're obviously part of the goalkeepers union. Um, how are you going to be feeling if you've played the entire qualifying campaign? Um, it, I mean, yes, it was phenomenal against Montenegro. Um, it didn't matter at the end of the day whether he conceded five or six goals. It, it, you know, it's not like the performance kept us in the hunt or made us qualify. But, you know, that's what a goalkeeper's job is to do. And, and, and he was outstanding. But would you be a bit peeved if... Um, you weren't starting a game at the Euros. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it will be really harsh on Debush. Like I think Gulacci's the better goalkeeper, and I don't think, in my mind, there's no doubt about that. I know that Hungarian fans and people probably listening to this show will probably think, especially Froddy fans, will be like, "What are you talking about, mate?" Like like you say, Gabby. Gulacci's made a few howlers for Hungary, and maybe not ever been at his best. For Hungary, he has he's had some great games, and like you say, I also love him. Um, but I, in my mind, I, I just don't think there's any any debate between who the better goalkeeper is. But equally, like you say, playing the whole qualification, making great saves against Montenegro, and and not really letting Hungary down at all. I don't think during the qualification, I think it would be really harsh to to let. Uh, to put Galachi straight back into the team, and um, but yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a difficult one for Rossi. Um, but I, I think I personally think he will go with the Bush. I think he'll kind of um, recognize what he did in qualification and stay loyal to him. But it it, it all depends. Like if Galachi's going to be the second goalkeeper at Leipzig, then he then it's not going to give Rossi a choice, is it? But if I don't know the, the the number one who who's currently number one at Leipzig gets injured and Galacci comes in and then I don't know leads leads Leipzig to the Champions League and wins it and Galacci's like the man of the match in every single game. Obviously, massive hypothetical there, but like say if something like that did happen or Galacci's just unbelievable for the rest of the season, you can't exactly then say, oh yeah, you're not going to start in the Euros. So it's it's going to be a really difficult decision. I mean, he's obviously a huge influence as well. That's why he wears the captain uh, captain's armband for for Leipzig, and it's just unfortunate that you, you know being a being the captain and being the goalkeeper. Um, that, that it's like I almost thought the other day they really need a couple of spankings for him to get his place back. Now he's kind of kind of fit, but it must be hard decision for the club manager as well to to think. I can't can't get my captain back in the team yet, and I've you, you keep that loyalty to 
you know, whoever stepped up. But it's like, I don't know, like a football manager kind of thing, isn't it? Where you just one day go, right, if I don't do it now, this is not going to happen. But obviously he'll be in the dressing room with us and everything like that. And, you know, like I say, we all know from um, from our, our uh, striker that retired recently how much of... Uh, how much it means to be that kind of influence um, to the players um, that are out there. Um, before we get into the pots that we're in, um, obviously this is a pot four podcast. We're hoping that um, we can put in a strong performance and end up moving up the pots. But um, thinking about the players that we've used during this qualify- qualifying campaign, we've tried some new people. We've given some random debuts just for the sake of giving debuts um nigo has been wow absolutely phenomenal and like when you see the skills that he's coming up with now in in france as well you just think is this guy ever gonna age tom yeah i know i am um, i watched i've watched a few of his games at Le Havre, and he started off really slowly and then got dropped um uh, after a few games but he's he started to pick up and I guess the thing is like like you say does he ever age but he's moved from the Hungarian league to league earn so I guess he is going to get better because he's playing around he's playing with better players he's playing against better players um so yeah I was really excited about that move I was a little bit like are you really going to be able to make it at Le Havre after playing well, he wasn't even playing, was he, towards the right. end of the season at um, at Vidi? And then, well, yeah, initially did get dropped, but he's worked his way back into the team, got a couple of assists, playing really well. And Le Havre doing pretty well in in the Ugo, and like after getting promoted last season. So, yeah, it's 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 mad. What I lo- I I love absolutely love Nego. What a man! What a man! There's not many people that have have let us down. Um, Callum Styles, another one who's relatively new. To, to the team, to the squad, um, obviously having to adapt to to playing for a nation where you don't speak the language, etc. And he's now belting out the national anthem. Um, fair play to him. Absolutely fantastic. Um, we've seen some below average um, performances from him. But we what we've tend to have done with him, David, is play him in different positions without really knowing what his best one is. Um, and he's kind of, it's like he's adapted now rather than like, I want to play in this position. He's like, kind of looks like he's adapted to be the best he can in whichever position that he's filled. I don't know if you agree with me there, David. Yeah, I, I going back to football manager terms, I mean, he's a <clears throat> he's a really useful asset to have. Like when I, I used to always get excited in football manager when you scout someone and they can play in like six different positions because yeah. you're like, oh, great, because I can just fill him in wherever I or I want. And then and then you, you get you end up with exactly the problem you describe where you play him in all those positions and he doesn't he doesn't excel in any of them. So I think it's a it's a conundrum, but it's really useful to have that kind of player. I think it's just, a, a, again, a nice, nice selection headache for Rossi. Like when when he first came on the scene, I didn't know much about him, and he 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 was touted as a left wing back, right? And that's where we thought he was going to fit in. Um, but then obviously Kerkas has has got that position, and and Nod can play there if he needs to. So we probably don't need Styles to fill in there, and so it's great that we can slot him in here and there. And I think that that will just be a really useful um, uh, useful aspect of his game for us. Tom, who do you see like? 
long term. So can we again? We seem to we, we're using a lot of players in a lot of positions. Um, and is is this Rossi being a genius and changing it game by game by game, or do you think we really don't know yet? Regarding styles, or regarding a lot of players, to be fair. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I guess. Like maybe this is one of the reasons why we've limped over the line a little bit because he is chopping and changing a little bit, maybe giving people chances um, who maybe wouldn't get a chance at the Euros. Maybe like I think for Boller, for example, like Boller's really every time he's come in, he's not disappointed me, but I, I kind of expect a little bit more from him. To be honest, um, he hasn't been great. Like, but then. Balog gets a chance uh, against Montenegro and he's he's awesome. Like that was really like impressive, like how good he was in that game. And then trying styles in midfield, I think I think maybe that suits him really well. And then but yeah, I, I guess there are just quite a lot of places that are up for grabs at the moment. I mean, you've got the goalkeeper one, which we've spoken about, obviously. Uh Attila Zolai seems to have uh, have kind of cemented that position for him. But, I mean, he's not playing at all at Hoffenheim at the moment. Orban will obviously come in when when he's back. I guess Long will keep that position. Left wing back should be Kerkesh, but, like, Kerkesh is not... Well, he got, he got dropped for the last game of Bournemouth and he's having a little bit of a rough time in the Prem so far. Like, he's, he's had moments of absolute brilliance, but he's, he's not always shining. I guess Nod in midfield is kind of cemented uh i'd say nago is maybe cemented and then the rest of it apart from Sobosai, is probably up for grabs again isn't it really like you've got schaefer to come back in there Absolutely. um adam is he going to start ahead of um varga who's varga's been immense i'm su- so surprised by how well he's taken to international football <laughs> at both club level and for hungary and then um yeah like is styles going to keep that position in midfield or is it going to go to like I say, Schaefer or Gosdog or Kalmar, who's been great every time he's come on and stuff. So it's great to have these options, but um, yeah, it's it's not a it's far from a settled side at the moment. You've got also people like Shalai didn't play um, in against Montenegro either. So um, yeah, it's there's there's a there's a lot that it's 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 weird. There's a lot of depth actually. I mean, maybe not like. We haven't got loads of Sobos guys, but there's a lot of players who come in and and you're not disappointed to see them in the team. Like Zoltan, I, like, I, I, when we first saw him, we were like, I, and his few, few of his performances we were like, Jesus Christ, what is this guy doing in the national team? And then he's like really solid every time he comes in. And obviously scored that screamer against England last year. Like, yeah, it's great to see this, really. Yeah, he got a lot of flack from us, didn't he? Yes, <laughs> yes. Not just us. Just to put it Thank, out thankfully, nobody on this podcast ever slated Schaefer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still yeah. eating those words. I'm definitely. Um, yeah, you, you you were a lover from the start, weren't you? Oh, I don't, I'm not sure what episode it was, but I think it's mysteriously disappeared from the archives <laughs> um, or been heavily edited. Um, I've got some breaking news, guys, as well. Right, so whether this um, the is being tracked by um, Fabrizio Romano, like who's probably tapping into our recording. But um, Leipzig are open to letting Peter Galacci go in the winter or summer. 
Oof, wow. Mm, that's an interesting one. But I mean, he can pick a club up anywhere, can't he? Certainly pretty much any club in Germany. Um, there'll be a lot of clubs interested in him, I'm sure. But that's that's interesting. I, you know, it's like, it's, I, I presumed his career would end there. Um, we'll keep an eye on that one. We'll, um, we'll, we'll update you when, when anything changes with that. That's how much our fingers on the pulse, guys. We're giving you breaking news. Wow. Whatever next? Videos? <laughs> <laughs> that is way too advanced. It is way too. Way, 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 way too. Um, now, let's move on to the draws is coming up in early December. And we now know that we are in pot two. Um what do we want this time, guys? Do we want to have another group of death that we've done incredibly well with? Or do we want a bit of an easier ride? Or would we would we perform better with having another group of death? I mean, worst case scenario here for me, you've got to look at probably England or Portugal from pot one. Uh, Holland or Croatia from pot three. This is no effect. That would be a nightmare. Yeah, no, and no offence to fans of Scotland, uh, we Kevin, uh, Slovenia, Slovakia, Czechia, we, you know, no respect to them. We don't know who three of the playoff winners will be yet in pot four, but already there's Italy, Serbia and Switzerland in there. Um, there's, not, there's not really an easy easy group, is there? Or, or what would be easiest? I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't think we want a full group of death like we had last time. I mean, we, we did well with it, but I think we need at least one easier opponent. I mean, not as you said, there's not an easier one, but there are less terrible opponents to get. And so I think at least from pot three, it would be good to get an easy team. Mm, Tom, what, what do you think? Um, I mean, like yeah. even, say even if we went for a team that's relatively easier, I mean, if we think like... Again, I don't want to diss them. People will go back to this. But Slovenia and Slovakia, you think, OK, yeah, they're weaker opponents. But then you've got to factor in that they're a local derby as such. And it will be uh, be one that the fans will certainly revel in. Yeah, now, I don't know if Hungary, Slovenia at the Euros would have such a local feel, though, really. Well, not but the fans. I mean, like between the fans, I mean, they're, they're, they're obviously going to, travel in big numbers just as much as we are everyone will i mean germany is a great country to go and watch football in it's easy for all, all all the countries to get to um like in our region so i don't know I, yeah i mean even if we met serbia again or you know there's need to win that game if we met italy then we've got the you know strength of the italian team um germany are kind of still transitioning but you know you just never know what you're going to get do you it's well they'll be the home team so they'll be extra pumped don't want them either no i guess guess that is just a major tournament though isn't it that teams are good um i think (laughs) you heard it here first everyone (laughs) (laughs) but like i guess that i mean people say there are no easy games in international football and and as hungry fans we definitely know that soon as some of the teams we've actually lost to um down the years but like there's definitely no easy games that are made a tournament because 
yeah, like even I mean, if, uh, look, you look at the pots. I think pot two is probably the weakest, which is annoying as hell because, <laughs> like, like Albania. I mean, Albania have done really well in this qualification. I think they won the group. Like, we've got Silvino as manager, really weirdly, the one who used to play for Arsenal and Man City and Barcelona. I don't know why he's managing them, um, but he is. And then I, I never think Turkey are that good. Romania are probably a team that we could beat these days, but obviously, like, yeah, um, massive rivalry there. But then you look at, yeah, even how is Serbia, Switzerland and Italy in pot four? Like they are four, like team, three teams that are always at major tournaments. And obviously Italy, the European champions. Um, I know they're not, they've not been the greatest um, in qualification the past couple, but like they're still going to be like ridiculous. Well, they were great in the Nations League when they were the only team that beat us, I think, weren't they in that, in that Nations League group? Um, Yeah, I mean, there's still this playoff teams to go in there and someone I don't know Luxembourg and Estonia and the and Kazakhstan I think are in the playoffs so maybe we could get someone like that that'd be lovely but I don't I really I think it's about time we don't get a but but I was going to say it's about time we don't get a um, a really difficult like group of deaths uh group but then also we do play what we do play better against the good team so maybe it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like I say, like we've seen with with the the, like the limp into qualification that we said about, and that it's like teams that that you know the Serbia games were were the toughest games because they were the tougher team, um, but we played like incredibly well. I mean, you know, the defeat, the, the wins over Serbia just felt absolutely phenomenal. Um, but we're not talking about Serbia as being a world force in. European football but you know that's that's kind of how it feels but I mean potentially we could end up in a group that has England Hungary Scotland and Wales in <laughs> wow that could be like I mean how bizarre that would be because straight away uh, you'd think okay we we could well we've comprehensively beaten England um uh, Scotland, Wales, and that. But then, when you factor in the fact that every single one of those nations—Scotland, Wales, etc.—will just like the atmospheres, even when the national anthem starts, would just be off the scale. So you factor that into it, and all of a sudden, you've got kind of a different football match in front of you, haven't you? As, as we saw from Wales at previous tournaments and um, and Scotland. So yeah, it's let's uh, say kind of if we get a group of death, I'm not going to be fast but I don't know it's yeah I don't know who we'd um who I'd like out of that like you say there are no easy games in international tournaments are there but yeah I mean it's instructive I think what Rossi said that we we could we could match anyone like I think it's a, it's a nice luxury to be even talking about whether whether we would prefer actually prefer a group of death in the end yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's definitely right. I, I think also we can't go in to this tournament, and I, and, and I like the the confidence that Rossi speaks with there, but we can't also go into the tournament thinking we're Billy Big Bollocks and we're going to be like massive favourites against, I don't know, Scotland or Czech Republic or whatever, because we're on this really good run. Like the, what has kind of got us to this position is our humility and the way that we work really, really hard, and we've got to take that into next week, season's next summer's tournament because if we do like lower our standards because we're still not the greatest team in the world like we can't can't 
make make no bones about that. We've still got Adam Long playing centre half when he's playing inside in the Cypriot League. We've still got to be humble. We've still got to really work hard. We've still got to be intense in the same way, and we play off the crowd that we have done for the past few years because that's the way that we win football matches. We can't, like I say, we can't just turn up. And I think. I'm not saying that we have done for the past couple of games or maybe the, the way we have done against away at Lithuania Montenegro, but I, I hope that we just, yeah, not slipping into this kind of, um, yeah, we're, we're fucking great and we're just going to roll over anyone who's, yeah, finished below us. Or if we play Serbia, if we draw Serbia, are we beating these guys twice? We don't need to turn up fully on it because, yeah. So, the, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, like, obviously, when Dom missed out on the Euros um, previously, he was, is it fair to say, breakthrough player still, despite everything that he did for us and and, and whatnot. He was, he hadn't, he was still playing in Germany. He hadn't really, he, he wasn't a 60, 70 million, but in our minds, he was a 60, 70 million pound player. But in reality, he, he, that hadn't sort of come true yet. So um, we were incredibly disappointed at him missing out, but we were more disappointed for him, if it makes sense, to not have been there after dragging us there. Um, it would be completely different if, you know, God forbid, injury um, meant he missed out this time around. If anyone injures Dominic Soboslai before the Euros, I will find them. <laughs> it just we cannot it cannot happen that's not no, that's not even you know what my, the most hungarian thing that could happen would be a training <laughs> session on the eve of the tournament and gulachi oh. rushes out and Headbutt, uh, so, so so much like, between yeah. martin adam and uh and uh <laughs> yeah big pete that would be um the most hungarian thing that could happen uh, to be um, fair, Sobosli is not even that injury prone, I don't think, in his career. I think that was quite an anomaly that he, he'd miss out on those games, oh, no? And if you look now at the stats in the Premier League as well, he gets kicked a lot. He's he's like, um, yeah, the physicality that he's coming up against now with, with um, a lot of these players, um, he, he's getting knocked a lot and he's not missing that much from it. So, mm. yeah, must be all that Palinka he drinks at the end of matches. Yeah, well, I mean, Milos Kerkes went into him a couple of times during that Premier League game. Imagine if he bloody takes him out. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Imagine if they're playing each other near the end of the season. Yeah, <laughs> Kerkes is the sort of guy who just wouldn't shirk a tackle either. So, oh my God, hearts and mouths. <laughs> well, um, you know, the only game he hasn't turned up through, I must get this in here, was, was the game against Luton for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't oh, he's intimidated by really big opposition. That's what it is. I think that's what it was. I think it was like playing in front of 120,000. Uh, okay, minus a zero. Um, but that's probably what did it. But yeah, Dom Luton's not for everyone, my friend. You should have um, beaten him as well, shouldn't you? Say again. Say, we should have. We should have. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was always written, wasn't it? That uh, DS was gonna. Yeah, couldn't begrudge him that. To be fair. Couldn't, absolutely couldn't be grudging. But yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant result. Um, that's what we need. We need Luton to become the hungry of the uh, of the Premier League. Maybe I'll go and um, go and uh, put that to them. Oh, they kind of are, aren't they? In many ways, like they've been very bad for a long time, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's got really good. And absolutely. now, absolutely. outside the relegation zone after Italy, after Everton's um, pointless deduction. 
See, and again, everyone's, you know, oh, this is terrible. They got a minus. They don't forget that the reason we ended up in the conference was because we got a minus 30 points deduction. Oh, yeah. No one was, no one was um, shouting then, were they? But now it's a, it's a big club and it's, oh, how dare you? But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing like Geisley versus Manchester City in the <laughs> um, Northern Premier League if, the, if their powers that be have a pair of bollocks and actually do something about um oh. and this which we can safely say they won't yeah, well, we have experience that. of that don't we i mean <clears throat> we've seen Freddy, Freddy, Freddy languish in the in the second division for a yeah. long time we've yeah, seen we've seen Dior go from you know unbeatable champions of hungary to that's right to no, disappearing yeah it, it, it's incredible absolutely incredible but yeah all have worked up um gents let's move on to the hungarian um first division if I may, um, because that's where we've got to be looking at the bulk of our talent coming through, albeit whether they end up getting moves to um, clubs abroad, etc. Um, so, David, as you're a fan and probably watched them more than, than any of us, although me and Tom have got no excuse not to watch because obviously Hungarian second division games are played on a Sunday, um, which is which is always nice. Um, Listesh is um, absolutely tearing up the um, headlines for for Friday. Um, he, it's like he's the fans are demanding that he plays, um, you know, every, every minute possible, etc. Um, obviously, he's he's got an injury now, and he's got his move to Germany to look forward to as well. Um, do you see parallels between? him and Dom or do you see parallels with him and someone like Istvan Kovac that didn't really come to anything? I I don't know it's probably early to say I mean he has got his big move already which is which is a good sign in his favour I guess it depends what he'll make of it and whether whether he'll he'll uh, he'll make his mark I mean he's clearly a quality player I don't think we're I don't think we're in any doubt about that at this point but I did think it was odd I mean, I'm sure when they're that young, that's a normal thing to to sign a contract so far in advance. And it's just makes this season a bit like, well, we're kind of saying farewell to me. We might as well make the most of him while he's here, but we know he's off. So it's like, you know, the last last little bit of a talent you can have before you have to ship him out. Because I guess, you know, that's what happens when you when you nurture talent. That's that's so bright. I mean, I'm hopeful, um, but I was hopeful about everyone. And, you know, we 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 don't strike out a lot like we don't. We don't get lucky with a lot of these talents, so uh, remains to be seen. But I mean, he's he's quality, but we'll we'll see what he does against like, you know, good opposition. Mm, Tom, what's your thoughts on on him getting his move? There's there's been obviously Friday have been under the spotlight for a while, um, building their team full of um, foreign players, which is their right too. I'm not I'm not knocking them for that. Um, to sort of go for um, European competitions and you know gallop through the the very weak NB1 season. Um, if they kind of, how do you think that's working for them tactically? And you know, do you think that he could have potentially have stayed there if the club was in a different direction than it than it was sort of heading with these players? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always this like catch twenty two thing, isn't it? With like young lads staying around because we obviously want to see the league progress, but then we also want to see the players progress and is the best place to progress at Friday? Probably not. I mean, 
I just wish he'd start a little bit more, to be honest. Like, we keep getting glimpses of him playing 45 minutes here and there, but, like, I feel like he'd benefit from just starting, like, a bunch of games in a row. And, and like, we, we, I feel like we... I mean, it's easy to see that he's quality. Like, some of the goals he scores are ridiculous. Like, his feet are so fast. He's got super intelligence. He, he's really intense with his movements and... And and all that good stuff, and obviously having a dad in a little bit like Sobosly's dad was um, a former pro and and a guy who could lead him and tell him what to do and stuff. It's great to have like it's great to have that mentorship, but um, it's hard to say like how good he is because we're not we're not seeing him like week after like week in week out. We're seeing like sixty minutes, forty five minutes here, like twenty minutes, and then the odds the odd full game or the odd start. Um, and I kind of just, like, it shouldn't be that difficult for Froddy to basically just run away with the title. And I know they have, like, yeah, what, lost three games in the league this season and been below par for what we expect of them, but they still will walk away with the league, whatever. So I, I wish you'd just kind of see him every week and just be like, oh, we're just going to stick by him. We're just going to kind of... Um, even if he has a bad game, we're just going to keep him in a bit of a rhythm. But yeah, going back to the question, like, is it a, the right move to go to to Germany? I don't, it, like you say, David, it's really weird when when a player does this, like when they play a, signs for another club in in the summer afterwards, because like from a, like a psychological perspective, like motivational wise, are they really going to be? Like as pumped up at, at the same level, like having known that they've already got their move away. Like, are they really going to be like going all out to try and do whatever they can to put themselves in the transfer window and and light up the league so like they can get a big move when he knows he's already got it? Like, I, f- I feel like that could make a player stagnate a little bit. Hopefully, it won't, and and hopefully he's of a mentality where he just wants to play his best. But like, I don't know. He's only human. Like, I feel like that's, uh, I don't know. They've, Frankfurt have obviously done it for a reason. Maybe they've just, like, seen a moment and been like, oh, yeah, we need to sign this guy right now because someone else will sign him for us if we don't do it. But I just think from his perspective, like, a little bit like Dom used to. Like, Dom, Dom would never sign, like, it was talk about it a lot when he would, like, be potentially on the move. But, like, he was never, like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely moving in the summer. He was like, he's fully concentrate on the season and then move away. And I feel that, I feel that's a better progression path than just, yeah, in what, September, say, oh, next summer I'm going to move and whatever. I, it doesn't matter how good or badly I play this year, really. Mm. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. And, and with the manager, that you've also got the same problem. Like, you know you're yeah, going to lose definitely. this great talent in nine months time so are you going to start him all the time because what if you start building a team around him and it all works really well and then you then he has to go so i think i think that's that's maybe part of the reason um he he might not be getting as many minutes because as a manager you think well i can't build a squad around this guy because i know he's he's off he signed a contract so i think it's yeah i, I think it's it's a, it's a tricky one for everyone really i just i just question and I, I, you know i have and i take lots of stick from friday fans but I just question uh, the motivation of a lot of players at Friday that clearly you want to, it's the biggest club in Hungary, yes, it's got an amazing stadium, 
it's you know it 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 glitters and shines it's it's, it's just you know everything around it is fantastic and then you've got european competition um but when reality sets in how do you motivate these players to play in front of six seven thousand people like in a hungarian league game yes when there's twenty thousand people there and it's rocking and there's tifo on show and it's like it's, it's obviously those european nights are awesome but you must come away from that and then like on the saturday when you're playing Kishvada or whoever you just how do you motivate yourself for that i just don't yeah i'm not sure and it's always the second half of the season isn't it like if <clears throat> if if whenever Fradi's european adventure ends hopefully with a, with winning the whole thing but you know being realistic there's going to be a few months at the end of the season where the trajectory as tom says is going to be yeah we're basically going to win the league even if we only draw the next seven games in a row um, and there's no European football left to play for, um, you know. Then, then how do you, how do you bother showing up? Yeah. Mm. Um, talking of not showing up, Tom, how many fallen giants are there now in the Hungarian second division? Now, I know that it's it's a niche topic, and it's one that we probably need Kev for as well. Um, I've been having to watch um, Kishpes games on YouTube. <laughs> they're no longer on m4 they're literally <laughs> on, on youtube um and the quality varies from uh a video tom camera from the 1980s up to probably like an iphone 6 um but oh my goodness what on earth tom you and i were in that stadium 2017 the evening where honved won the league and become champions of hungary and now I'm I'm watching them like absolutely struggling, like it's unbelievable. What on earth? All this money that's gone into Hungarian football, all these brand new stadiums and all of that. What is it with Hungarian club owners? I know it's it's hilarious. Like I mean, you, you're talking about MB2 right now, but what? Not that far. Hunved <laughs> and uh, Oladosh are not that far ahead of the relegation zone, so we could be. It's a relegation, absolutely. We could be watching MB3 football next season. I just, um, it's just, they're not even doing it with like old pros or really young players or whatever. Like the, the squad there is like, you'd look at the squad on paper and go, ah, they'll be fine. But yet, you know, they haven't spent anywhere near the money that Voshosh have over the last three or four seasons. And we've seen them struggle to get over the line as well. It's just, again, maybe it's the motivation thing, because literally a lot of the stadiums you see there are, are kind of like a rope around the pitch, you know, but I, I don't know. It's kind of like the government has spent so much money investing in teams to put them into European competition and to raise their profiles in other countries and everything like that. But all the new stadiums that we have, Honved, Haladash has got a new stadium, etc., etc. They're kind of like, well, it's almost like the kind of Greek Olympic legacy where they're just rotting now. And actually, you know, you've invested the money and now there's nothing, nothing going on, you know? Well, and you talk about motivation, Gobby, but <clears throat> how do you motivate yourself to play against Tisak like it's hard enough to motivate yourself to play in the first division. I mean, how do you get these players to take that kind of game seriously? I get you, but but you're wearing like you're wearing the shirt. 
like of, of a football club and you're representing that football club and if all that football club means to you is that you're getting paid at the end of the day or the end of the week month whatever it might be then 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 that's for you but for everyone else you're you're putting that shirt on and you're playing for the guy that works in a, a in a factory for like really shitty wages and his only release is like to come and watch Honved at the end of the week or Halladash or whoever it might be and all you can like all you want to see is those players like understand what that shirt means yeah it's weird though like you look at the Honved you look at the Honved team and it's not it's not that great is it like there's a few like like former legends basically of well kind of got Gergay Bobal in there who's like one of the next big things. Is he still the next big thing? I don't know. Probably not anymore. He's, um, oh, he's probably about 30, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got Christian Dorian as well. Remember him? He was the next big thing. He was the next Liverpool lad. Uh, like Holman. Like, and, and there's a few, like I say, there's a sprinkling of like decent players. But it's not like shout. You know, like when Voshos were down there a few years ago when they had like so many legends and you're like, how did they not go up? But like, you look at like Honved and you, like you say, you talk about like the way that they ran and you're thinking like, if you're really serious about coming back up, because like, it's not an easy division to get out of when it's just two that go up and like the top two are always in, in that league. They're, they're usually pretty good. Um, I mean, like Voshosh are obviously back in there and they've still like got quite a good team, but then you, then yeah, like Honved are going to real really struggle to get back up there, and it's just it's crazy how like the like you say like the owners just let the, these assets depreciate. I mean, I talk about like Holodosh, like Holodosh have been down there for ages now, and it's it's just I can't see I can't see how they ever get back up. Like not how they ever get back up. I'm sure they'll get back up one day, but like they're just they're just basically like blooding like some youngsters and then they'll sell them onto the top division or they'll get some like has been who comes in and there's not even an ambition i don't think like a holodosh to even get back into the top division anymore despite having that amazing stadium that beautiful new stadium which had just become a white elephant in time but like there just doesn't seem like there's any ambition at a football club like i say to bring them bring them back up to the top division they've got some like decent players like Ramon Horvath who's like really good but it's just like yeah it's it's, it's a real sad state of affairs like Hunger, uh, uh, Holodosh when they're in the top division had Holomoshi and, and Kirai playing for them and now they got and now they're basically I, I think they're more likely to go into MB3 than they are to MB1 which is mad I mean, yeah. it's not mad, maybe, because like Holodosh aren't a team like Honved who are like who should be in the top division and and have this history. But like, it's it's from my fans' perspective, it's like, oh man, like I, I, I there's so many years where Holodosh were just a mainstay in the top division, and now it's and now they're just an average MB2 team. Yeah, and that and I think it it seems that the Hungarian league leagues never run in tandem with our national league how like how well they're doing it's never a reflection of 
oh, well, look how strong it, you know our league is this year, and the national team has benefited from it. Um, when we argue, arguably had a stronger uh, a stronger league, when the likes of Debrecen were dominating, um, Dior, all those teams, like our national team was absolutely rubbish. So there's no, there's no kind of like parallel to even like you could say, oh, the national team's got people desperate to want to play football and you know and aspire to it because yeah they might think that in their heads but like David says when you see the opposition that you're playing on a Sunday you're just like oh my goodness really the Hungarian version of the dog and duck you know but um yeah it's, it's strange like who I mean no offense to you David no offense to all the Friday fans your identity as a football club is very very different to the identity that it was before you started having the European success and and I think that's quite the same for a lot of the other clubs bar the mainstays Diostia um, Parks obviously but it's it's kind of like there is, I mean, who stand out now, really, realistically, other than everyone knows Friday. I mean, look at the table now. Even Debrecen are, are back up there. They were second division, languishing, like, not so long ago. And now they're back up the top of the first division. Yeah, I there's mean, no, I, I, yeah, no, no, go on, Tom. No, I was just going to say, there's no competitor, is there? There's yeah. no, sorry, no... There's no competitor, is there? There's no team that are all like you know when like Biddy were back at the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just no one who like is staying with them. Yeah, no. and so so the only <clears throat> the only players that are going to make it into the Hungarian national team are going to be from Fradi, like apart from very few occasional uh, occasional outliers. Like it's mostly going to be Fradi players, right? And those are only going to be the Hungarians who stuck around because most of them will aspire to go abroad. I mean, that's always been the case, right? The best Hungarian players have not not always been the case, but like certainly in the last 20 years, you know, most of our good players were always playing abroad because the Hungarian league just wasn't wasn't good enough to, to keep the good talent around. So I, I don't think that's quite that different but i think yeah the fact that it's just channeled into whoever whatever hungarians are left at ferencvaros and then then we'll look abroad for the rest of the team yeah no absolutely god i feel quite fed up now gents how did we get to such a miserable conclusion a miserable topic uh you know just a few days after we've qualified for our third european tournament oh, no. and you know what it genuinely is miserable <laughs> i mean that when back in uh, how many 13 14 15 years ago like me and tom we'd be doing these podcasts and we'd be talking for like two and a half hours just on the hungarian first division and now it's like um ugh, what's that <laughs> how bizarre um guys i think we'll wrap it up there before we um have to end up having numbers from organizations that help with um the samaritans etc and that if we're going to get down this route um prediction david where will we finish in the european championships will we finish in (laughs) stages or do you think we'll get further I, th- I think we'll get through the group this time. I'm, I'm, and to be fair, that's quite I'm, a rubbish question because the groups haven't even been exactly, drawn. <laughs> exactly. So w- with absolutely no information, I'm going to say <laughs> that I think I think this is this is the time. I think we'll we'll get through the group again. 
Um, even even not, if we get a group of death, I think we might sneak through. I like that. That's cautiously positive. optimistic. We will end with positivity. Tom, what what are you saying? Oh man, you, you said we have to end with positivity. Okay, I'll try. Um, <laughs> I was about to. We'll not. score at least one goal. Come on, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I feel like it's almost like too good to be true at the moment. Like we've had it, we've had it so good, like for ages. Like we've had, we Euro 2016 was unbelievable. Like Euro 2021, I guess what it was in the end was just in like another level because of like the the results that we got, like a draw against France and we almost beat Germany. It was unbelievable. Nations League was unbelievable last summer. To me, I don't know how 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 much of a good thing can you have? Like, how long can a good thing be sustained for? That's my like. That's my big fear. Like, it's like, can can this just keep going? This can can this just keep rolling and getting better and better? Because it just feels like eventually, like this overachieving team will eventually be brought back down to earth a little bit, and I'm fearful that that might happen. Um, I think like the past couple of games have made me a little bit fearful of that, despite like winning 3-1 against Montenegro. But like that Bulgaria game, yeah, it wasn't great. And maybe it's just like a lack of motivation and maybe like it's it's hard to maybe rouse yourself mightily when it's just these games and Hungary do rouse themselves better than anyone else. But yeah, I fear, I, I don't know. I'm, this this inter- eternal pessimist, Metzimist side of me is like saying this can't go on forever guys this can't go on forever it's going to come back you're going to be you're going to be all happy you're going to be all up for it and then it's just going to come all tap towering down um just like it used to like when you used to get your hopes up but i don't know who knows like i think it would be better if we have like yeah a really tough group and we go in with no expectations a little bit like before because then then you've got no hope that can kill you um, whereas if we've got like if we get like a reasonably easy group and everyone's like oh we should win the group we should come to, come top or whatever and it'll be like oh no well yeah I don't know that's a basically a pot I don't know that's quite pessimistic isn't it probably okay we're gonna win the group we're gonna win the Euros so that's the one we wanted to come at me don't at me don't at me we uh, you know good news is we've probably got another what 12 years maybe of Dom being captain of Hungary well, exactly. <clears throat> I was going to say, like, our, our talisman is only getting better as well. And so mm-hmm. we, we haven't got all that many players who are going to disappear in the next couple of years. I mean, a few, maybe. But we have got a few on the way up. No, absolutely. absolutely. And the sky is the limit for him. I mean, Klopp is obviously a fantastic manager to, to look after Dom and nurture him. Um, but when he goes and if a different guy comes in that has different ideas, if a new manager comes in at Real Madrid and thinks I can play you next to Bellingham, etc. There's just so many kind of like subplots that can that can go on in football, like literally overnight as well. So, you know, who, who knows what and um, what the future will be for him or us. Like Tom says, I think it's important that all these whippersnappers on Twitter, all these young kids, that are experiencing all this, which is absolutely fantastic. They need to know what it feels like to be losing to Malta. They need to know what it's like to lose to Japan. Um, and it, it, it would be nice if they only knew that from hearing our stories rather than experiencing it again in the next is, you know, ten years. I mean, look at our you know, look at our dads and granddads. They had to tell us how good Pushkas was, Hidaguti was, etc. And um, um, you know, what have we got? 
Well, yeah, how how bad was that to listen to when you had Yepesh scoring an own goal in every single game? <laughs> What's weird though, like we used to record podcasts all the time when we were shit, and now we're now we're really good. We're never recording them. Like, we probably I was about to say like we could maybe republish the Andorra Andorra last one, but we actually had a podcast. Whereas like, we don't even bother anymore. It's just too easy. We we can't speak about positives. See, that's our problem. That's so true though. We don't know what to do with it. We don't know. This is a weird emotion to feel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> genuinely, like say back back in the days, early days of when I first met Tom and everything like that, there was like Mike. You could count on one hand the amount of people on Twitter, for instance, that were into Hungarian football or could actively have a conversation about you know what what's kind of going on but you look on any Hungarian national team match day now and your feed is like absolutely swamped and it's not just Hungarian accounts it's accounts from you know Saudi Arabia Africa you literally pick any point of the world and they're all you know they're obviously so like being at um Liverpool has a massive effect but like we, we, the coverage we get now is incredible where like I say when when we go back and we're only talking like just over 10 years realistically 10 10 12 years where like what we did was such a niche it's incredible how 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 much is boomed so you i think you even get like highlights of the top division on like you couldn't see highlights of it anywhere on the internet i used to write them do you remember yeah yeah I used to write match reports like i was some hack from like a local newspaper in budapest and have to write and and the amount of times you'd, you you know you'd spend writing your match report to get it ready for full-time whistle and and then like in stoppage time the game like ends up one team winning three nil in stoppage time and end up losing like six three and you're just like oh come on but yeah it just i guess that's that's how everything evolves but it just like you say during the bad times and that no one was talking about us other than us and and now it's kind of like what can we say that hasn't already been said yeah i guess that is the case yeah so hopefully everyone's listening just because they enjoy the sound of our voices I don't think that's true. I don't think anyone enjoys the sound of my voice. Well, I do, Tom, to be fair. I do. If, you had, if you had an OnlyFans, I'd, I'd probably... <laughs> an, only, an Only Voice fans. Maybe that's maybe that's a new niche. I, tell you I what, was thinking about starting one, but I was trying to think what way USP could be. What, how Maybe many people with your accent talk about Hungarian football? I mean, you're probably the only one. Well, also... Spandley though is from the same place I'm I'm from. Shout out to Ventex. And there you go. But then he has got more of a Hungarian accent than me. Though you might deny that. Mm. So well, okay. Well, let's work on that niche. To all our listeners, let me tell you what also is a niche. Okay, traveling around Germany in a camper van. Right. During the next Euros, we would love to drive around the. Uh, country beautiful country of germany following the hungarian national team to wherever we play and, and doing daily video blogs for you all we need is every listener to send 500 euros by western union um link in the description and we'll do that for you simple as that no honestly we will do it for you i promise you don't have to thank us get on we that. could give them a mug we could get anyone who pledges 500 pounds or more they could receive a free mug <laughs> I think they would be the mugs. I was going to say. 
I think they were better. But we could maybe we could have like Tom's only fans like live from the back of a camper van at nine o'clock every every night or something like that. Or you go out and recruit two more fans each, like a massive pyramid scheme, and then everybody has to chip in a lot less. Genius. Ooh, nice. Genius. Nice. And I guess so people who are listening friends. to this, people are listening to this show now, they're on to a winner because once you get into it early, that's when all the winnings That's right. That's what the they say problem in crypto. Is and honestly, <laughs> I've been pouring so much money into crypto and that is going to come. I am going to be rich, my friends. And and so when, when Tom is homeless, he can live in that camper van. So another reason to uh, to help us fund it. Yeah, he'll literally go <laughs> from um, data mining to actual mining to build himself a little house in the, in the ground. I've just realised the flaw with my plan, though, because if everybody has to go and tell two of their friends, that assumes that people who listen to this podcast and share our niche actually have any friends um that's that's the downside they have we're we're frank they have us but they shouldn't recruit us that that defeats the purpose and also even to get to this point of the show it's not even to listen to the show in general it's to get to an hour and 12 minutes into the show (laughs) and still be listening this is the point this is this is the thing so you know we can literally waffle about anything now because people probably switched off when I started having a go at Friday. Unless unless they've Definitely. got a particularly large amount of laundry to fold, in which case they're still listening. Yeah, or people who are going to sleep and then we could be talking to people in their dreams. Maybe I could tell them stories like <laughs> Nightmares of Andorra. Euros. We could get stories going. We're, we're basically at the minute we're heading to um Germany on the back of a very small horse. Um you know, we could potentially, with your help, be going in a great big, like, meet the parents style motorhome, couldn't we? So, and we could pick anyone up who wanted to come along. We could. Episode 123 When Jujak met the Debridson team. <laughs> nice, like it. It was a Sunday afternoon in the east of Hungary. Juji was up to his usual tricks smashing up Lamborghinis, smashing porn stars, and smashing his career to smithereens. <laughs> if, if someone is That's like maybe, Patreon. if maybe someone is like half asleep and they hear that, like they're going to be having some fucked up dreams. Do you not go to, is it just me then that goes to bed dreaming of like Judy driving me around hungry in a Lamborghini? <laughs> Oh, I, I do it. I do it a little bit. Yeah. Thankfully, he takes a decent corner on the pitch because, due to the state of all his smashed-up hypercars, he can't take corners on the uh, Hungarian roads. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been brilliant talking. I mean, let us know as well, guys, because believe me or not, we I say this every single episode, nothing is scripted at all. We literally turn this on and we start talking. But to be fair, probably the best content is before we even start recording and we're just waffling. If you want an episode of me, Tom and David waffling, um, and we do, it's not just Hungarian football. We waffle about all kinds of subjects. If that's your kind of thing. Then maybe we can have like a hungarian football podcast extra just after coming. dark Oof. after dark we can start with a story or end with a story 
your choice. Guys, let us know. Um, this is probably the weirdest podcast we've ever done, guys. I'm not I'm not going to lie. Um, but hey. We're out of practice, I think. We are well out of practice. Well out of practice. We'll promise you the next one will be brilliant. Um, probably around like july 24 something like that if oh yeah like an end of end of tournament recap if form goes yeah unless of course you will donate that money by western union and you'll get a daily video blog and a story i promise in fact anyone that does donate 500 euros i'll personally ring you every evening and tell you a story Guys, thank you as always for listening. Um, we look forward to being back soon in some shape or form. You guys decide, is in your hands. Um, David and Tom, thank you so much, and we will see you next time around. Bison La Tasha. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs>